Welcome back to Mostly Ghostly, another episode. We are joined by our guest, Audra Morse. Welcoming her back for her second visit to the show. As always, we have Ray Booten. Howdy. And I'm Matt Fisher. And we're doing it. Today's episode is the eight types of ghosts. We're going to be speaking on that. You know, we came across a nice story on the ghoststory.com website. So, uh, you know, credit to them for bringing it to our attention. And we might, you know, have some crossover. We might be reading straight from their site for a a little bit of things. But uh, we're giving them props, so there should be no issue. And uh, we'll give our own twists and, 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 and opinions on such. How's everybody doing? Good. Wonderful. It's been so long since we were all together for an episode that, <laughs> you know. Um, Time slip. Oh, we'll get to that. We'll get to that, yeah. <clears throat> so, um, yeah, the first, the first one they got uh, is Poltergeist. It's the first, the first ghost that they got. Uh, it's unlike most ghosts, they have the ability to throw things and otherwise move objects in the physical world. You know what I mean? That's kind yeah. of like one of the typical ones that you'll hear a lot about. Um, in ghosts, you know, that and that and seeing things. I don't think shadow people made this list, which is interesting because that's a big one. It's a big one now. Mm-hmm. Um, things go in and out. If you're talking poltergeist, that's big in movies. Yeah. Uh, ghost hunting shows. Uh, oh, something moved here, a door, this, that, the other. And they attribute a lot to poltergeist. Would you consider that probably the most common ghost? I would say that's most common experience for most people, particularly mm-hmm. in teenagers. There's a lot of raw emotion at that time. True. Because I think it says something about female, uh, to and, be exact. And in the female. Males, girls. males also. I know when I was growing up, uh, the house I was in, to begin with, begin with, from 10 years up until I moved out, of, 10 years old up until 25 was haunted. But even beyond that... Um, and a lot of it happened in my my bedroom as in teenage years. Mm-hmm. I go to sleep, the window would be closed. I wake up during the night, the window's open, mm. and different things would be moved around in the house itself. Yeah, but a lot of it focused in my room. But that was my teenage years. Now I do have some abilities, but I also was changing at that time. Whether it be puberty, whether it be things I'm going through in life, etc. All that energy came pouring out and started moving stuff all over the place. And yeah. I think that's possible for a lot of people to see it and experience it. Yeah, I remember in the past you've said that, you know, teenagers going through that time causes a lot of things that it might not be paranormal, it might just be that energy coming out of them throughout those, you know, change their their bodies changing and their mind changing. You got anything on that, Poltergeist? Poltergeist, the ones that move things around, all that yep. good stuff? Yeah, all that good stuff. Well, you know there's always, always Uxbridge stories, Ray. Uh-huh. They are boundless. <laughs> pick let's, a, pick but, a good one. Go let's, ahead. Let's revisit Uxbridge. Okay. Ah. Well. <laughs> my husband was a unique fella. And he didn't always listen to everything I said. So one night, as he was heading out to work, I said, Take this CD with you. On it are some, some 
really nice songs that make me think of you. Yeah. Him being him, listen to the first song, which was not a nice song, <laughs> and called me in a very upset state. Very colorful things flew back and forth. Oh, jeez. So, apparently, one of the spirits that were in our house found this very funny. So, the song that came on first was called Unchain My Heart. Okay. Okay. All right. <laughs> Not the song I was talking about, but this ghost thought this was very funny. Mm-hmm. Every time... My husband would pull in the yard. His truck would just pull around, start to, to park. That song would come on. The CD would go on and play that song. Hmm. And this went on for four months. And we tried everything because we're like, well, maybe it's just on some weird timer. All right, we'll take it out. Mm-hmm. Maybe somebody came in the house. I mean, we're trying to, to just be like, yep. Trying to make sense of it. And no. Yeah. It came on at 3 in the morning, 7 in the morning, 10 in the... Any time that his truck would pull in the driveway. Or we would all be out, and we would walk in the house, close the door, and the song would start. We even took the CD out, put it in its, in its you know, case. <clears throat> Didn't matter that for four months, this ghost thought that was the funniest thing to torment hmm. us with that song. Was this around the New Orleans trip, or was this something different? Oh, no, no. This was um, several years after that. Hmm. But we always had them in the house. Always, always had them in the house. But yeah, this one got a kick out of it, and for four months it tortured us with that song. I'm like, enough, enough. We get it. You think it's funny. Enough. Yeah. But yeah, loved it. Yeah. Now, was it a ghost? Or was it you feeding the, the two of you feeding energy, or a combination of? Well, that's a good question, right? Hey, that is a good question. Raise a man. I know. You Never have, even thought of that. You have an entity there that might pick up on your two energies, and say, "Ha ha 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 ha! You're gonna fight. Listen to this, <laughs> over and over again until you get over it." <laughs> It would, it did too. It did hit the point where we would just bust out laughing because it would come on and we would just bust out laughing. It did its job then, you know? It did do its job. It released anything negative attached to that song. Now if I play the CD, it'll be like, hey, Jay, (laughs) you hearing this, you know? Yeah, yeah. But it is. It's funny. It stayed with me in, in a comical way all these years later. Did it have any reference before before it started playing? Was it ever like a song you guys enjoyed or anything like that? No, no. Nope, just the one song because he didn't listen to what I told him. Is that an Elvis song? Or am I thinking it was no, Unchained it's, um, Melody? Joe Cocker. Oh, Joe Cocker's Joe a Cocker. good guy. I love him. Yeah, yeah. Joe Cocker. Mm-hmm. I like Joe Cocker. Yeah. Interesting. The, um, yeah. So, yeah, music, you know, energy... To go back to before, it's an energy thing. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Definitely. But you hear a lot of the, the moving of dishes and opening of doors and stuff mm-hmm. with, with the poltergeist type deal. Yeah, we also had one throwing uh, throwing glasses into the sink. Oh, really? We had a friend of ours um, adamantly, there's no such thing as ghosts. And we were having a little gathering and mm. he was standing between the living room and the kitchen. 
and the glass has just started coming out of the out of the strainer into the sink. And he was freaking out. Yeah. And he was freaking out. And we're like, yeah, it's the ghost. We told you, we, we told you we had ghosts. You yeah. didn't believe us. It's just, it was, but it was, it's a way of saying, hey, guess what? I get news for you. I am here. But yeah, just boom, boom. And he's freaking out. You don't understand. They're coming out of the strainer, going into the sink. I understand perfectly. And, <laughs> and your point is, you know, but we just got so used to everything that nothing bothered us. You know, nothing really bothered us. We just accepted them. I didn't like the, the washing job on those dishes. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like <laughs> my girlfriend. If I don't clean them good enough. I, th- I think in a case <laughs> like that, it was you had a non-believer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And he had a strong negative energy. Mm. Mm-hmm. And a ghost takes that energy and says, oh, yeah, and teases him, taunts mm-hmm. him. Mm-hmm. He fed that ghost the energy it needed and used to move those dishes. I believe that. Because the ghosts are usually looking for attention in a way, yeah. you know what I mm-hmm. mean? And when you're denying them of that, that's when they step up their game, you know, a little further to prove prove they're there. But yeah, that's a, that's a very common thing. I mean, I've had things move around and... I'd assume the footsteps and stuff is what would get played into the poltergeist action as well. You're hearing doors shut, you know, the noises as well. The noises, um, if you don't have a physical manifestation, Mm -hmm. like a door actually shutting, then it would probably be in a different category. Okay. Uh, I would would think because it's uh, a different type of communication. Yeah. But things moving around, a lot of it is poltergeist or... If there is a ghost there, and there is enough energy generated there from whatever source, it can be people, it can be anything else, um, that can, the ghost or the spirit Mm -hmm. can feed off of that and stop moving things around. Hmm. Also, the other thing for poltergeist is that if, let's say someone has abilities and they don't know it, and they're going through emotional trauma, then they're doing it, even though they they don't realize it. And yeah, it's very much like the teenager, but it can be an adult. If someone is open, they're they're reaching out and their their energy is moving things around. It doesn't have to be a teenager in turmoil. It can be someone with abilities going through emotional states, like The Shining, a little bit. Uh, yeah, to a degree. To a degree. What did you think of The Shining? Uh, sort of a long while ago. Yeah. Um, not that much. Not a big fan. No. Great movie. How about you? Did you see The Shining? I did. I did. I saw it a few times. Yeah, the Kubrick version. I, I liked it. And the it. television. I liked the Kubrick I, version. I liked it. Um, I thought it was kind of unique. Yeah. I'm not saying I didn't like it. It's just that <laughs> I kind of transitioned away from uh, a lot of the movies mm-hmm. and into the actual experience. Yeah. And it's because I'll look at a movie, or sometimes I'll look at one of these shows that reports to go find mm-hmm. something, and I'll look at it and I'll go, Really? Nah, come on, show me something good. Yeah. <laughs> it's kind of like, well, yeah. show me something. I want to see that car flip over. <laughs> I want to see something there. I mean, not just, you know, uh, something tap you on the shoulder sort of, sort of thing. Uh, so I got a, a little bit away from the kind of fantasy. And if I want to see something. Yeah. I want to see it there in front of me. 
Yeah. I want to see something happen. I don't want to just like see a portrayal of or see someone screaming about a demon when a fly goes by or mm. something like that. So True. I, I want to I see the real thing. What was the biggest thing you've seen move or heard of moving? Oh, biggest thing? Yeah. Ah, I don't know. Um, it probably would be in the category of a heavy door. Okay. It couldn't move on its own. Mm-hmm. That's the best I, I, I can re- recollect. I mean, no breeze, everything is fine, door is always open, never moves, all of a sudden, wham! Mm. It's kind of like, okay, that's a good one. <laughs> <laughs> That's it, it takes an effort to move that thing. That's a good one. Yeah. That sort of thing. How about you? Have you ever seen anything big move or? Nothing big. No, yeah. I think just the glasses, the glasses was, was about big it. Enough. Yep. You think that the, the, the bigger the item would depend on the power, uh, the, how big the power is and the source giving it out, or you think any source could give it out or just take more out of them to do? Any source probably could maybe take more out of them. Mm. Obviously, easier for the bigger source. Right. But, uh, yeah, if the power, if the energy is there, then just about anything could, whether it's an individual or a spirit, move something. Mm. Do you believe in, like, telepathic things where with people, living people with their minds can bend spoons or move things? Um, I'd say the potential is there. Mm-hmm. Um I would say it's the claims for most people. People you see in public, I have serious doubts. Yeah. About that, uh, but I think that the human potential is there to do things. I mean, if you're talking about the tele- telepathic move things, let's say you're talking about people, and you, you could talk about monks levitating, right? Or <clears throat> different different things like that. Yeah, it can happen. But I think it is going very Hollywood, and uh, it's very commercial right now. Mm-hmm. So how much of it out there is real, I don't know. I'm a skeptic. No, but I'm with so- you, yeah. But it sounds weird. I'm a skeptic who talks to who the believes. dead. Yeah. <laughs> but at the same time, it's got to be along certain lines yeah, where like- it's not... Uh, I'm not being played with because I've, yeah. I've come across those people. Right. And it's like, no, 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 no. I think I've said in the past, I am uh, medium's worst nightmare. Mm-hmm. I will sit there and I'll say, oh, who do you got? Nope. You tell me. Now I'll get my mouth shut and you stop talking. I'm not saying a word. Yeah. Not saying a word. That's just the way I am. It's the best way to be. Yeah, um, yeah. I mean, I had a, I had a, I, I've seen some things myself. Just the moving of things, doors and such. Um, yeah, Poltergeist is a good movie. I'm a big fan of the film. But yeah, the very Hollywood eyes, like you were saying. You know, with that, I don't think. Did you ever see Hereditary? I don't think so. It's a newer current film. It's really, really good. I think it's a, it, it deals with the. Uh, I wouldn't go so far to say ghost, but there's a spiritual element to it. But, you know, the whole people getting lifted up and stuff. And even the, like you were saying with, you know, levitating, I don't know if I believe in that, you know what I mean? Um, there's a lot of trickery, you know, 
magic David Blaine type stuff. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Um, but if I seen somebody levitating up off the ground far enough for them not to like hide it, hide you know their feet or whatever with it, because I've heard people say there's a weird tippy toe effect that people do from like the back. If you're looking from the, they get their back to you, the way they arch their foot and stuff, so it looks like they they rise off the ground a couple inches, but then they come back. Um, how do you feel about the the, the fact of? With you got your the spiritual element, and you have like magicians, mm -hmm. like yeah, consider magicians just tricksters. You know what I mean? Or do you think that there's a little a real element of of being able to do those things, summoning the power? I don't even know where that would come from. You know what I mean? I would say that if you're talking about um, if you're looking at David Blaine, you're mm -hmm. looking at others that are doing magic mm -hmm. for the public, um, they have a skill set in their presentation, but they are well-orchestrated stunts mm -hmm. to fool people. Right. And that uh, includes illusion, misdirection, mm. what you're looking at. I used to do a card trick. Yeah. And uh, it would be, be putting the card back in the deck, and I'd put some down and say, is this it, is this it? And they'd keep saying no. And I would always joke about how bad I was and I think I blew it and when I did that they'd be looking at me laughing that's when I double deal the card that I wanted to into the pile while they were laughing and I was claiming I was so bad at it Yeah. then I'd pick it up it'd be on the top and I'd pick it up and I'd say oh what have we got here one two three four five six mm -hmm. so now I just moved it to the bottom they never saw me put it on that yeah I say, okay, since I can't do it, I'm going to put these six here. I'm going to put the deck here. Can you touch the deck? Yeah. Can you touch the six? Can you turn the top card over? They'd find it. And they'd say, how do you do that? How do you do that? It was that point where I'm holding the deck down. Mm -hmm. And they don't see me slide because I had counted how many back it was. Okay. Knowing exactly what point. Yeah. But the whole thing was like, uh, I blew it. And I'd be shaking my head. And they'd be laughing, looking the other way. And that's when i just slide that one. And it would be the next one. Because... I would hold it up and say, is it this? Yeah. And they'd go, no. And I'd drop, that's where I'd drop my head down, make my joke. They'd laugh, take the attention, attention off me. Yeah. At that point, the card behind it was the one I wanted. That's the one I put down. Then did the rest of the trip and let them finish it. Mm -hmm. And they'd be so amazed. And I'd act along saying, I'm amazed too. Yeah. It's an act. Right. And it's a skill. And that's what they do, besides sleight of hand, mm -hmm. that's, I believe that's what they do on their larger magic tricks, whether it be levitating, an elephant disappearing, or whatever. Yeah. That's that's what it is. Yeah, I agree with that. It's like, was that three-card Monty? Is that what that game is? I don't know about that one. There was, uh, I remember in movies, you would always see people in New York on Canal Street doing it, where they're like, and like with the cups, you yep. know what I mean? Yeah. And like, find the ball in the cups. And that's all just trickery, and you know, get up talent to pull it off. You know what I mean? But it's really just trickery. Trickery. I've been, I've been on the streets of New York, and I've seen that live, and I did not participate. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's it's. You don't see that anymore, though, which is interesting. Last time I was in New York, I didn't see any. It'd be nice to see something like that. That'd be fun. Well, it's more like forty years ago I saw it. So yeah, that, I think that, that says something about my age. But <laughs> cell phones killed out all those curbside games because yeah. now they just do the app on their phone instead of it. You know, but they're all hustlers, anyways. You know what I mean? So, 
Anybody want to say anything else about Poltergeist before we move on to the next one? No, I don't see anything moving around the room, so I think we could, I think they're satisfied. <laughs> yeah, they're happy. They, they just wanted a little attention. Uh, the next one they got up is uh, traditional or historical ghosts. You know, earthbound spirits of the dead. Um, you know, the ones that you know you you you're, you're older from older times. I think is what they're going for. With uh, they say the earthbound spirits of the dead. They put the haunt in haunted houses, as well as other locations that were important to them when they were alive, and they frequently interact with the living. So I think I was wrong with my, my official, what I said. Uh, I think this is just a typical, you know, pe people that pass on and come back to their houses type deal. People that don't let go. Yeah. It's... it's uh very common. It can be a variety of reasons, whether it's trauma, whether it's they were so focused in this life on this world mm -hmm. that when they pass, they don't let go of this world. Yeah. And they just hang around, whether they're rooted to a place, whether to it's an, an event, mm -hmm. they just stay around. Yeah. And as far as interacting goes, that can potentially be because let's say it's in a home that's haunted mm -hmm. and we're and a person starts living there. This is their domain. Right. They haven't let go. So they're going to start interacting. Yeah. They're going to feed off energy and they're going to start interacting because you're trespassing. Mm -hmm. They still see it as their domain, their house, their place. Yeah. It's kind of like, no, what are you doing here? I'm going to move that drawer. I'm going to show you a shadow. I'm going to give you a chill. Uh, different mm -hmm. ways of making you aware they're there. But they're like, mm-mm. They don't even recognize. Those are ones which I, I believe at least they need to be told that number one they passed and two they can move on. Mm -hmm. Yeah, they say they say a lot like when you're doing like a like a, like an addition to your house or if you're pulling out walls to change things around that brings out a lot of the stuff because now you're changing their home. Is it the the, the interesting thing about that is like how they don't understand that they've passed. You know what I mean? Like, what? Like they were, I, I think they would, you know, recognize the fact that things are different. You know what I mean? But, but they, I wonder what, I wonder like if they, if they see things, you know, because they've went to a different dimension, you know, so to speak, are they still seeing other people? You know what I mean? If you're, because if you're just, if you no longer see people, you know what I mean? Yeah. You kind of start to think, <clears throat> all right, something's got to be up here. Or it's just straight denial, which denial is quite a thing, too. People go through their life in denial of everything and just, just see what they want to see. So it might be something like that. What do you if think? If they're locked into a place and the history in that place, mm -hmm. and that is all they see when you disturb it, okay. um, it disrupts their vision. Mm -hmm. the, it disrupts what they're holding on to, and that can aggravate them. Yeah. Because you have now just changed what they're holding on, what they wouldn't let go of. You're trying to change yeah. their whole world at that point because they're still focused down on this plane or this dimension. What do you think? I think that sounds good. And that, and that would be like probably at the moment that they realize that things did change. And now they're mad or frustrated because it's changed and they may have not even realized it. Like you said, they were so locked into it and so focused on it that they just relive their, their little happy place. Yeah, because we're all creatures of habit, you know what mm -hmm. I mean? And then, so you think that's it? They just kind of feel like they're going about with their life, and then 
you know, one day, you know, there's just a shimmer in the corner of the room, and it's really them people changing up their 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 house or whatever, and they start to go, well, what's up? What's going on here? I, I'm curious if at what point they realize, you know, that they're dead. That they're dead. And I assume that ain't a happy realization, you know what I mean? Which is why they'll, give, they'll lash out and stuff like that, you know? They possibly, since they're holding on so tight, they don't really want to be, want that realization. They may not be aware of it, but they're so locked into what they were. They literally have to be told, hey, you are dead. It's okay. Move on. Yeah. They're... I, I think it is more like a we see it in people who are not in spirit where they get a mental block and they have one way of doing thing, things and even if it doesn't apply it's no we better do it this way that doesn't apply anyway. no we better do and they're locked in that same thing holding mm-hmm. on to a place and a time and you disrupt it and they see you as an intruder and they stop manifesting and they start doing things because they don't want anything to change. That's why mm. they stayed behind. They don't want it. They don't want change, whether it's fear or just don't want it. Yep. Do you think when they switch, like, what's more common of them accepting it and leaving on their own, or do you think it's something that people definitely need to be brought in to release them type thing? I think in a lot of cases they need help. Yeah. They've got tunnel vision in the past mm-hmm. to a place, and you've got to break them out of that. Unless they... They're choosing to stay, let's say, to help somebody, yeah. a family member, etc. And then they, when it's done, they can leave. But otherwise, I think a majority of that type of haunting needs help. So it's more of a they need help thing instead of like refusing to want to leave. They refuse. Their they need help to realize that this is not their mm-hmm. home anymore. This is not their life anymore. And to be able to accept that and to move on to uh, move on in spirit. How do you feel about it? I actually you agree am with in Ray? total agreeance. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. Man. Yeah, it's a. Uh, it's it's something, you know what I mean? It's a. Uh, it's, it's it's sad, you know, because it's, it's like dying again, you know what I mean? <clears throat> um, it's a crazy element, I feel, to it. It's weird just, uh, you know, not knowing. But, yeah, when you're in your habits, you know what I mean, and you don't want to think that you're dead. Like, the last thing you want to believe is that you passed, you know what I mean? Um, I wonder if they'd be angry if they were sticking around to, you know, help family or if they thought that, you know, family couldn't get along without them. Um, and then they're, like, exercised, I guess I could say, for lack of a better word, when they're, when, when somebody comes in to help them along. What if there's an anger there, where they're like, well, I'm supposed to be here to help you, and you're, you're, because I know we talked recently about, like, once you, once you go into that, you lose all, you know, you're worldly, you know, everything free, you know, people, there, there's no more anger, or or hatred, or, 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 you know, regret, supposedly, um, I wonder if they just acceptingly go, well, you know, I wanted to help you, but if you don't want my help, then I guess I'll go on type deal, or if it's more of like a aggravation that it's been done. I I think that um, it's, it would be very important to have family there, mm-hmm. or, you know, in a situation where if it, if it is somebody that is still got family alive, to yeah. have the family members say, you know, look, we're okay, it's mm-hmm. all right. 
I don't think there would be any anger. And I think if it's someone that has just been stuck for so long that there are no family members. Yeah. I think it would be very important to explain that. Look, you've you've held on. You've been trying to protect this place, the Mm -hmm. people in it, but they've crossed, and you need to go find them so you can be together. Your job's done. You don't need to stay. Right. And I don't think there would be anger if they understood that, all right, you know, I I did what I had to do, and in that case, while they're already here, I just got to go find them. Mm -hmm. I think it would be a very uh, peaceful transition for them to to leave where they are have either of you ever dealt with a situation where you know you talk to the to the spirit with the medium stuff and they didn't want to leave you know what i mean where you had, you had to put a little more work into it roll up the sleeves on that one you know what i mean to to, to get them out because i'm sure there's ones you come across that no they're like this is my home and i'm staying here you know what i mean and not for me. That no. was the only time I'd ever done it was that one time with Ray. So yeah. that was that was my, my one and only thus far. Medium, mediumship, no. Partly because I invite them in to give messages. Mm-hmm. And it's a different situation. Um, when I used to do galleries, mm-hmm. a room full of people at a public place, those that would come in didn't have any reason to be there except give a message. Right. They weren't attached to it. True. Um, the only time I came into any situation, I did uh, mediumship at one place, but actually that was on the second trip. The first trip I went out there, it was an old house on the edge of uh, Bridgewater Triangle. Hey. And the people had a haunting. Yeah. And they wanted to try and identify it. And um, I gave them a lot of information about the house, the history of the house, and I had never met them before that night, and the person who was there was very pleasant and very happy Mm -hmm. and explained to them that, you know, you can work with them. So instead of things going missing when they couldn't find something, they would ask for help and things would start showing up. They got a good relationship going there. But at the time, the person who was there kind of wanted to interact and help the people. Mm -hmm. And this is a place they had built. Yeah. Um, at the time, I did nothing to move them on. Now, five years later, they did research. It took them five years to dig up enough research to find out who the guy was who built the house, that, that, and it confirmed everything that had happened. But that was a situation that there was someone there long term. And this person was happy and wanted to be a helper. Hmm. So he stayed. They treated the so-called haunting differently. And they got along. I mean, I can I can remember because I didn't go back and do mediumship later on when they uh, uh, family gallery, a bunch of family members in there and stuff. And I can remember remember the lady saying, "Oh, we're getting along great now. If I can't find my earrings, I can't. Oh, where did yeah. I leave them?" And all of a sudden, she gets an urge to go in the other room and look. And, oh, there they are on the table. How did? Don't know how they got there, but they're there. So now she says, "Thank you." Yeah. <laughs> Thanks. You helped me find them. And everybody gets along fine with their ghost. Mm. It's a pleasant haunting. So you feel that there is a place for like the spiritual element. You don't think they should all pass on to the next plateau, or I mean, it's up to them, I guess, right? Um, you're getting into a complex mm-hmm. thing where you're starting to, and different 
uh, spiritual disciplines, you, you're starting to talk about the higher self, and you're talking about the I am presence, you're talking about the soul, and there is the possibility in certain disciplines where you split. You can mm-hmm. maintain um, your presence, let's say, in spirit, mm-hmm. and you move on, but a certain amount of energy stays. Um, can kind of stay somewhere and you can relate to it. Okay. And it's kind of like um, if you're sitting on the edge of a dock and someone is in the, in the water, you're not wet, you're no longer in the water, you're right. no longer swimming, but someone go, goes by and starts to go down a little bit, you reach your hand in and you pull them up, mm. they say thank you, you let the hand go, they keep on swimming. You're out of the water. So the right. water is this world. The dock is the spirit world. Okay. So it's kind of like they kind of reach back and go, uh, here's a part of me helping you out. And it's kind of like that extends into reincarnation. It's mm-hmm. kind of if you have certain issues, a part of you, you can either fully come back, choose to, your soul can, or a part of you comes back to work something out. I equate that to if you break your foot, you only put your cast in the foot, not on the body. True. So that you go back to heal what that issue was. You're still connected to your higher self in the spirit world. Okay. And that is where your higher self is while you're working out these deals down here. There's a complexity that goes back and forth of being able to actually be in two dimensions at once, the bridgem. So they're not exactly trapped. Uh, Not all are trapped. Yeah, some are trapped. Some Some may choose to be here. And the trapping is more of a... Like a violent, untimely death type thing, or what do you think? It could be a violent, untimely death, um, and an unusual attachment yeah. mm-hmm. to, to a place. Um, the energy of the place itself mm-hmm. can trap them. Mm-hmm. There's been a lot of evil there, or mm-hmm. a lot of trauma there. Then that energy does, pulls them back and doesn't let them pass on. There are different reasons for them to be trapped. Yeah. Yeah, I remember when Dave was here, that building we talked about with a lot of that negative energy is a trapping place. Yeah. Yeah. That's one place that despite the fact I like to Mm -hmm. kind of explore because I'm always curious, I've got no desire to go near that place. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we get the mental hospital episode coming up too, which is right down the street. That whole area, I think, has a lot of, I think it's a part of the triangle. Um, But yeah, there's all types of crazy stuff. We got a local area over here. We got a TB mental hospital that's haunted. And then right down the street from it, uh, in our previous episode, we had a gentleman come in and talk about, uh, it's like a studio space where all these bands would go, all these teenagers would go and do all these crazy things there uh, that their mother wouldn't like to see them do. And, uh, you know... Not to mention the guy who ran it was like some pedophile type yeah. guy. So oh, like yeah, and man. they found like a room upstairs that was that even we should ask Dave. Did he did he talk about checkered floors? Maybe that was a little bit of it too. Cause I remember that door that they broke into. There was yeah. something it was all blacked out. It was something really weird. But yeah, you know situations like that uh, are definitely pulling him in. You know what I mean? Oh. Yeah. Yeah, it definitely sounds like a unpleasant place to meander about. Yeah, it is. Uh, it's that dark energy. I mean, it's all that because it was really bad. That guy did a lot of really bad things. Anywhere, you know, really bad things like that happen. Not to mention, you know, there, there's probably been the, the trying to summon demons. 
Because oh, yeah. we got all these yeah. teenage rock and rollers who think it's cool to like look into that stuff. And have no idea what they're playing with. Yeah. yeah. I've always been turned off by that. I remember when I was in like... Remember when I was like 10 years old and we had a sleepover and uh, it was a bunch of boys and for some reason they thought it would be fun to like draw pentagrams on their bodies and shit like that. Uh. And I, I remember even being a kid because I grew up with the church just being like, nah, like I'm not doing that, man. And like, it's funny because the kids who did it ended up being a little more trouble than the rest of us. But, um, (laughs) it's one of those things. But yeah, I've always tried to stay away from that stuff. You know, people like to stick their foot in the water and, you know, get a feel. And there's a, there's a, there's a little subculture that makes you think that that's cool. You Mm -hmm. know what I mean? Like, it's cool to kind of go there, but like, I've never thought that was cool. That's always kind of rubbed me the wrong way. But. Would anybody like to say anything else about traditional or historical ghosts? No, I'm good. Okay, well, our next one is the old mental imprint manifestations, which are images or energies left over from a particular event, often a tragedy, such as a murder or an execution, um, and just to kind of relive and go through the motions forever type deal. You know, I mean, to go back to the thing we said about the violent deaths and stuff, you know. Um, what's your opinion on, uh, that, the, the ones that are stuck here because something bad happened and now they're forced to kind of relive it or... I just think that's awful. Yeah. I, you know, imagine just reliving the worst thing that ever happened to you mm. over, and I have a no concept of time, so it could go on for months or years or hundreds of years and... Do you think that they relive it brand new or do you think that they know that it's a, tomorrow is going to be the same thing type deal? I know the questions are really weird. Yeah, you don't, you don't I need really, to be in those ghostly yeah, shoes to like, be able to I, answer. I but. have no idea. I mean, I, I tend to think just from the different things that you you hear happening, I almost tend to think the way they act, mm-hmm. that it's like current to them, that it's ha- they feel it's happening now to them. Okay. And Makes sense. Because you get used to it after a while, I assume. Even the most torturous things... If you if you have a sense of knowing what it feels like and, and, and the fear, the fear that you go through, you know they go through it so much. I think it will eventually become like second hat to them, not to be disrespectful or anything, but like, you know, I think they'd get used to it to a degree. So I do I agree with you where I think it's new. I think every time it's it's like that night or that day that they dealt with it, that's how they feel about it. You know what I mean? How do you feel, Ryan? Well, I think it can almost divide it up into two categories. Mm-hmm. One is where they relive it. Um, and I would say that they're unaware because it's just continually in a loop each time it is new. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they're just reliving and reliving and reliving. The trauma holds them there. That's one possibility. The other possibility is they're not there. The trauma was so strong that what happens, they left an imprint. Mm. Okay. And what you're seeing or what you're feeling is the imprint of the event. The person may have moved on, but it's like a memory and energy that's there. Resid- and I think, I believe right now the, the popular name for it is residual haunting. Mm. It's not, you can't interact with it. It's like it's a movie. See, 
Yeah, it's yeah. like it's it's like a movie that's been in a photograph or movie that's been pressed into that time, mm -hmm. and it just keeps playing and playing and playing, but there's no one there anymore. It's like a stain. Okay. Yes, you know like, what I mean? like a stain is a very very good world. That's one. That's a possibility. Um, there was an interesting thing I saw on a show, and I love the concept of it. There was a show where a guy wakes up in a hospital, and he goes through a series of things. And at the end of it, he's seriously hurt. Mm -hmm. And they think he's, he's going to die. And they take him out. Because at the, at the beginning, when he wakes up in a hospital, it's like he's almost like he's brought back. And then at the end of the show, he dies. Hmm. Now, they show one more scene. It's the first scene where the guy's waking oh, up no. again. And he's doing everything exactly the same. Then the scene pulls back. Mm -hmm. And it goes outside the building, outside the room. Then it goes to a big wall. because it's, And it's looking into a small room that has bars on it. And there's a big wall with all these rooms. And the place has like flame. It's like hell. Hmm. And the person who did the wrong, his, his per, this, it was a man in this one, his personal hell is to relive what he, each time he dies, he goes back to the beginning of it, he's woken again, mm -hmm. and he relives that. His personal hell is to relive that mistake over and over mm. again. You could say that that repetitive haunting is a way of, is a type of hell. I kind of think it is, yeah. That's, that's one thing when they're trapped there. The other thing is, like you just said, it leaves an imprint, mm. like a film, uh, where it's just there, there's no one there anymore. It's just the imprint of what happened is there. And you can't really interact with it. Yeah. Or do anything about it. Oh, that, that, that would just be awful. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I mean, that would just be awful. And even for, like, people that are experiencing that, imagine having, like, this... You see the same person every day going through this misery, mm -hmm. but they're really, it's like there's absolutely nothing you can do yeah. to change that. that would be if it's so a haunting, you, there's something you probably do. If it's an imprint, then Stop. there's nothing you can do. Yeah. Then you Stop just it. watch it. It's like, that's, it. that just stings. I mean, imagine that. It's not like you can even help them. It's like, this is just a movie playing. That yeah. <laughs> Yeah, you it's can't true. change the channel. I mean, that's it. <laughs> true. It's kind of click power off. What do you think? Um, what do you think the, the the different element is that when somebody, you know, a, like a violent murder, but they transcend to the next level? What do you think lets them transcend while people stay? Any opinion on that? Uh, Even though they might, they're both violent, you know, untimely deaths. Yeah. But some, do you think it's just an acceptance of? What happened that lets them, you know, leave and then how some have to stay and relive it type deal? I believe it's more, <coughs> excuse me, they're accepting what happened, mm -hmm. where they are, yeah, what has happened, and, and moving on as opposed to somebody who just did not accept it at the moment of mm -hmm. death and immediately afterwards, they're still not accepting. They're still not recognizing their death. I believe if you recognize it, um, then you have the potential to move on. You think there might be a situation where they think they can change what happened? That's why they want to relive it so much? They think, well, maybe next time I'll be able to fix it. 
they're holding on to life, you know what I mean? Hoping they'll be somehow pulled back <coughs> and they so, be yeah, given a second some chance. Some way they can work, get, fight or fight themselves away from the, the killer or whatever, you know what I mean? So that way, and redeem, like, save themselves. But they don't know that they're already past, you know, that point. The, the, it's a possibility. Yeah. It's a possibility. It's just the person's basically screaming no and mm. not accepting whether they are going to try and change it or they think they're okay now I'm going to live mm-hmm. or whatever those reasons are but there's just a lack of acceptance yeah that is there and that happens a lot in traumatic death mm-hmm. I believe because it seems to be most of the haunting seems to be a, around trauma mm-hmm not around peace. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I worked in a, in a job one time that I used to, uh, for the place I worked for, I was an assistant manager in housekeeping. Mm-hmm. But it was a senior home. They had a hospice wing. Nobody liked to work it. Right. And I used to always be filling in and covering in a hospice. Now, I never had a problem in the hospice. As a matter of fact, I would go in and try and comfort and treat people well. Mm-hmm. And there were never any stories of hauntings in hospice. The rest of the building was haunted. And they had issues going on. That's but odd. none of it intruded into hospice. But in hospice, the nurses that worked there were all very caring and nice. Mm-hmm. Even in housekeeping, we never put anybody in there with an attitude. You had to be right. able to recognize, be around people that were dying. Yeah. Humanity. Console yeah. the families were there. We had different sorts of ministers there all the time. So it was a very comfortable, loving place for the pe- It was a small unit, only 10 beds, mm-hmm. for the people to pass, as opposed to the place that had been a hospital before that, and there had been other trauma in other parts of it. Yeah. Oh, okay. And other parts were haunted and... If someone didn't make it down to it, may have died in their room there, this, that. Then they had the hospital previous and stuff. But the hospice never had a problem. The rest of it did. An old hospital. I think it might be because um, when you're in hospice, you kind of, you're kind you accepting death before you die. You yeah. know what I mean? You're so, accepting it. Yeah. And everybody is being kind, and it's peaceful, and you're accepting, and they're helping. And yes, death in, a, in that sense is, in an ultimate sense, is traumatic because people recognize only life but mm-hmm. under those circumstances most of the trauma is gone yeah you come to acceptance right yeah and I mean nobody wants to stay there they don't want to be there while they're alive so it's not like you know a loved place where they're going to want to spend you know come back and yeah. hang out yeah. <laughs> yeah no I mean I'm what you made it into hospice mm-hmm. and, and then it's kind of like you know what's happening yeah you're ready and, to go home and you're ready to go yeah yeah there's going to be some type of energy in there with all the sadness, I assume, though. It was you know some, what I mean? Or a heaviness, you know what I mean, if not... Some sadness, but not so much in hospice, more mm-hmm. like outside. There was a little break area where they had a smoking area. Where the family goes can, to cry type deal, yeah. Yeah, it was literally where the family that, goes to cry <laughs> because you had multiple beds and mostly just curtains in between. And once it did happen, everybody said a quick goodbye, went outside, that's where everybody gathered, and that's where everybody cried, and that's where every That had a stronger feel to it yeah. than the actual hospice. I believe that. 
No, that would make sense. That's where all the sadness was carried. Mm-hmm. You know, right, they step outside. That's where they scream, they cry, they, they do everything, and everything out that they didn't want the person that they yeah. loved to witness, and or even someone one room or one bed down. Yeah. Dark, little dark feelings, and I remember I went. My cousin was young. He was in the cancer ward in Boston Children's Hospital, and it was just, it was very sad. It left an impression on me forever of like just walking by rooms where kids were there by themselves and stuff because their parents like just couldn't even face them because of the dark oh, thing, and it was just like horrid, <clears throat> terrible stuff. You know what I mean? And yeah. Yeah, you know, I, I think it's, uh, yeah, like you were saying with the hospice thing where they've accepted it, you know what I mean? Because I don't think, because when you go into hospice, that's like when there's no hope, right? That's yep. just yeah. spend the rest of your time as comfortable as you can type deal. Mm-hmm. That's darkness. Does anybody want to say anything else about the mental imprint manifestations? No. Well, that, they, 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 that's door opening. The door opening and stuff where it was in that, that, were, that I tried to throw into the one before, the traditional, but I guess right here is some things like doors opening when they're not supposed to. It's part of the mental imprint manifestations. Our next one is crisis or death survival apparitions, which are ghosts usually uh, of friends or loved ones that appear to people who are dying or grievously injured, or who find themselves in a life-threatening situation, like combat troops or people who have been through you know, major surgeries and such. You know, mm-hmm. like a comfort, like coming to comfort them. Oh, definitely. I mean, I I I believe wholeheartedly that we've got friends and family members mm-hmm. that will come and let you know that it's okay yeah. and to comfort you and to, oh uh, yes, absolutely. Um, and it's funny because even uh, just in my own experiences, mm-hmm. um, like I've had, I've had, um, you know, like my husband just show up and say, it's okay, don't be afraid. Yeah. You know, and, I, and I'd be like, well, I'm, I'm not afraid. And he's like, no, don't be afraid. It was very adamant, don't be afraid. You know, but then like the next day my dog like... It, sounds gross, but was eating these nuts off the palm tree, and it made him very sick, so when he threw up, he threw up blood. Ooh, yeah. But it was my husband's way of telling me ahead of time, like, don't don't be afraid, it's okay. And I mean, I would have panicked, but as soon as I saw that, my first instinct was like, <gasps> and then I went, oh, wait a minute, he told me it's okay. He told me not to be afraid. And everything was fine, but I do believe that um, they they will come, they will visit you. Uh, even if it's just a heads up, like, <clears throat> it's going to be okay. Mm-hmm. Right down to, I think, when people are passing, you know, that there will be people. I know so many folks I know said, geez, when my mother was dying or my father was dying, they would they would talk about, you know, they saw uncle so-and-so or auntie so-and-so. And, and I think that's just very true is they do come. They are with them. They are comforting like them. Like greeting. Mm-hmm. Bringing them over, absolutely. In, in your situation, was did you did you see some like see your husband or was it a feeling? Oh no no no! I saw him. He was 
Right there. He, he was, I actually woke up and he was standing right next to my bed, just smiling at me. And he's like, it's okay. He's like, don't, don't be afraid. And I'm like, okay, I'm not. <laughs> I like yeah, how but, they comfort. It's always, I like hearing those stories. Yeah. Yeah. It is nice. It is. Do you have a story, right? Well, it's, uh, when my mother, my mother took a turn for the worse and they brought her into a unit and she was on a machine she mm-hmm. eventually went to being brain dead and we had to according to her last orders tell them to pull the plug yeah uh, which was a hard thing for me to do absolutely uh, uh, looking at her and while I was there and I was looking at her I could see uh, her family around her hmm I could see them all there. Yeah. And even looking back at some of, later on, looking back at some of the old albums she had, I could recognize who they were there. Huh. Oh, no. Some of her yeah. family I didn't know. And it's like, they were there, and they were there, and they were there. So yeah. I'm thinking to myself, they were all there to greet her. Yeah. And that is something which I occasionally saw in hospice. I would yeah. see people there. And you, you could occasionally see a person there looking off to the side. You look off to that side and you see kind of a shadowy but a pleasant figure over there. And it's kind of like, okay, make my rounds again. They may not be here. Mm-hmm. I didn't have any sound callous, but it was kind of like I knew that, okay, they're getting very close. There are others yeah, that's how close. Yeah. There, there are others coming. I've seen that, I've seen that before. Yeah. And uh, I've, I've seen that happen where they were there. And then later on, have the people that I saw someone else identify him for me. Someone yeah. say, oh, that's so-and-so's uh, an aunt or a grandmother. So, because I didn't know them. Right. I didn't know the family. But they were identified afterwards. So yeah, we, whether it's trauma, whether it's um, close calls or in the passing, we are not alone. Do you think that they see the people too, or it's just a waiting game type deal? Like they're there for when they when they're there to pass over. Do you think they can see? Like I'm sure they can feel them people around them. Do you think that they can see them when they're in those? Because it's like the third eye thing, you know. Like with Insomniac, a film we made, somebody doesn't sleep for a long time, so they start to have almost transcend dimensions. When you get that close, do you think you start to? You know, see things like that, or they're just kind of waiting for them to pass, and then they're going to be there. Like, uh, you know, they always say that when, when when you die, you know, your family, you know, you see the bright lights, and then the bright lights are your family and stuff. You know what I mean? I th- I think they actually see them. Yeah, from I hope what, so. What I from, from what I had seen and the expressions of people and stuff, particularly in hospice, I think they actually see them. Yeah. There was no reason for someone who was there in their last hours mm-hmm. to look somewhere, mumble something, and smile when they're looking in an empty space. Mm-hmm. Or someone comes to visit and said, oh, Joe was here. Mm-hmm. And the family is like trying to say, yeah, yeah, sure, sure, sure. And then they go outside and they say, oh, they're hallucinating. Joe died two years ago. Yeah. It's just a memory. Yeah. But the person is, no. He was right here. He said it's going to be all right. Mm-hmm. The family's in denial. The person over there who's about to pass is feeling good. The old yeah. gang's gathering around. This isn't that bad. <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. 
Yeah, the, you ever hear the story about Sam Kennison when he passed away? He was in the car accident, and uh, his brother like was behind him, and he pulled him out of the car. And Sam was like a preacher before he became a comedian. So he said while he was like holding his brother, and he was like going in and out of consciousness, he like he was he was he was like, no, I don't want to die yet. And then he was like, okay, okay, like he was having a conversation with somebody, and then he was like, all right. Like, he accepted it, and then he died. Lies. Which I always find, like, I get goosebumps thinking about it. Because it, it goes with that, you know what I mean? As somebody was there with him, whether it be family, friend, or even maybe God, you know what I mean? But, um, yeah, that story always stuck with me of him going into the, having a conversation, and then, like, after accepting it, and then passing, you know what I mean? Peacefully. Um so yeah, I believe in stuff like that, and the family coming to see you and stuff like that. I definitely believe in that. It should be that way, you know what I mean? You know, or life threatening. I know my like my. I told you before, my grandfather used to have dreams uh, that would come true, and to kind of tie into that, like he would see, you know, he'd see. There was a time when he had a dream about like my uncle and my my uh, my aunt's boyfriend getting into a boating accident and like almost dying and that happened you know he'd always he he was more our grandfather was more of like the spiritual guy in the family you know what i mean he would more or less have visions yeah he'd have visions and dreams and so and and he, he, after he'd, he you know he'd like my when my aunt was pregnant he told her like what she was having and stuff before she knew stuff like that um yeah, towards the end, he got caught up in a lot of different things, too, because he was, like, we knew he, was, he had cancer, and he was dying, so, like, I think when you know you're dying, you really try to cover all, you know, tracks. Yeah. So, I think he was looking into a lot of different religions and stuff like that. Um, but, yeah, so, I, yeah, yeah, that's how I feel about that. Um... But so that, those things are, are true, I feel. You know, you can see things. And, you know, you're, you're the same way they would come to help you through through something like that. They'd come and give you some info that might be helpful, you yeah. know, in life type thing. Absolutely. Does anybody else have anything to say about crisis or death survival? No. All right. Next up is our big time slip. Which is weird because I don't know. I, I regularly wouldn't categorize this as a ghostly thing, more of a dimensional thing, like you've talked yeah. about. Um, but yeah, they, they're, they're they're prominent that it's a ghostly thing. You know, int- interesting phenomenon which a living person suddenly finds him or herself in the company, or even surrounded by uh, ghostly shapes from a bygone era. You know what I mean? Like you were saying, Bridgewater Triangle wise, to see troop British troops. You know what I mean? Storming through or something. Yeah, I, that, that I think is very common. Um, again, it can cross. That mm-hmm. can be an imprint. That can be a time slip. Um, that can be, let's say, if it was a battle, they're trapped there. Yeah. That's a, got a lot, a lot involved in that to be able to say, oh, it's just time slip. Mm-hmm. It's very, very difficult to nail that down because there's so many possibilities of... Okay, if we, you know, you look outside and you see uh, colonial soldiers going by, um, is it residual? Did they march by here? Was there a battle that they died in? Um, 
am I kind of looking through that dimension of time? Mm -hmm. Because time is another dimension. Right. Uh, am I piercing that veil mm -hmm. to see this? So that's a kind of one that's kind of very much wide open. And I think that the whole time thing is um, kind of difficult to just say time slip. Yeah. Uh, that's uh, any any ghost, so to speak, or mm -hmm. any spirit that's been around for hundreds of years. Are they in the spot or are they manifesting through time? Yeah. We've got a lot of questions that we're mm -hmm. going to go into time slip. It's could be fun to talk about. It could go on for a long while, but I don't think you're ever going to solve that one. You're just going to yeah. say, okay, that's something old. Mm. Yeah. Where it comes from, how it comes from. Yeah. Um, don't know, but I want to check it out. <laughs> sort right. of thing. Yeah, I want to see, yeah, I'll follow those soldiers marching by, see where they're going. Maybe I'll get more information. Yeah. See something else. <laughs> True. To use that example. But, yeah. Uh, what do you think about the... Uh, Time slipping. Time keeps I'm, on slipping into the future. I'm with Ray. I think it's very difficult to put a label on it because there's so many different factors. Mm -hmm. you know? Do you believe in like dimen different dimensions, dimensions that exist oh, yes. while we are there? Yeah, I absolutely do. I think, there's, there, I think there are multiple yeah. dimensions. And that's it. Is you don't know if you're getting a glimpse into another dimension. Mm -hmm. You don't know, like I said, if it's just somebody who hasn't crossed who's here. So it's like you really don't know if it's... You know what it is. I think right. that is a very yeah. I don't. I don't think you can just categorize it as just the the slip. I think there's a lot more to it than yeah. that. Do you guys think of like? Um, I've I've read in some places that ghosts could be like a demonic thing, where they appear as ghosts. You know what I mean? But they're not actually. Like there's a lot, there's a whole little subculture within the, within the hauntings that people think that like it's not actual, it's not loved ones or, or people that die in the past. It's literally just an energy that almost plays off of your imagination in a way, knowing you know whether you're looking for it. But my whole thing with ghosts is whenever I've went to go look for ghosts, I've never seen anything. But when I put when you drop your guard and you're like, well, we'll just see what happens. That's when you see things, you know yeah. what I mean? Like, they don't like to be challenged. No, you when you try I mean? too hard, you sh it's like you shut down. Yeah. You know, you just... No. I don't know. I think everybody's on a kick now with this demonic stuff. Mm -hmm. I mean, everything... It drives, it drives me nuts. Mm -hmm. I mean, everything you watch on TV. Oh, it's a demon. Oh, it's a demon. I was like, no, yeah. it's not. You know, it's not. I mean, I don't know. I think in order to say you've got a demon... I think you've got to have some really bad things going mm -hmm. on, you know? I mean, just because there's a shadow walking down the hall, it's not a demon. Because it's a black shadow? Black shadow, yeah. That's what creeps them out. I, I mean, whatever, wherever did that come from that because something is black, it's mm -hmm. it's a demon. It's just it's just the it's shade. It's just the... incorrect to say. Yeah. <laughs> yes, it is. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, nowadays, it's politically correct to call everything a demon, unfortunately. Yeah. Yeah. It is, but, and, and that is it. It's like, it seems like everything today, all you hear is, oh, it's a demon, oh, it's a demon. It's like, no, it's not. I think, I think they're trying to hype it up more to make it more exciting to pull people in. Right. I'm going to battle the demon. Mm -hmm. No, you're not. Right. You're, no, you're not. It's, and I think it's just, 
you just got a spirit. Mm -hmm. That's all it is. I mean, that's just my opinion. Do I think that demons do exist? Oh, yes, I do. Right. Do I think some of these places um, truly truly do have some really bad things that you need to pretty much call in like some some heavy duty assistance mm-hmm. uh, yeah do I, I mean I, these things where people are being scratched and bitten and does that make me wonder man maybe that's demonic or maybe it's just a real asshole yeah. I mean you know it's pardon me someone no, no, say that but it's you know, because, I mean, people that were jerks mm-hmm. in life... Are going to be in death, yeah. Yeah, until they come to that transition, are going to be jerks in death. Doesn't mean they're a demon, just means they're a jerk. Now, do you think demons have to be summoned? Or that's something that can, you know, bring itself to the surface? That's a touchy one. I yeah. think that can go either way. Yeah. I think it depends on... I think they can be summoned, but mm-hmm. I also think that there are certain grounds that hold that, that are... I think they can depending on like their power or you know. I think, yeah I think it can they can definitely happen I think either way yeah how right. do you feel right I would go either way mm-hmm. um, I do believe that a lot of things are mis misrepresented as demonic that are yeah. not I will say that the nature of what we call demons across cultures and they use different names for them right um I believe demon comes from the uh, old Greek D A E apostrophe daemon or something. Like that. Anyways, mm-hmm. uh, there are different translations. Um, I think that typically in most of when you look around the world, what we call demons tend to misrepresent themselves. They will appear innocent. They will appear as offering you something good. Mm-hmm. They are tricksters. Right. So I think that that sometimes when we see something, it can be a demon, most likely, typical in a lot of stories, they're beautiful. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they're offering you things. Yeah. And you don't see, they present to you something that appeals to you. You don't see their true nature. Yeah. In a summoning, that's usually a little bit different because you have some foreknowledge and you're making a big mistake, but you're summoning something up for the power. Because mm-hmm. um, they say, like, with demons, there's a lot of um, elderly and children get caught up in it because they don't, they're easily tricked, you know what I mean? They are tricked, but adults also came across a situation where past a... Um, with somebody past an old house, mm-hmm. um, abandoned house, looked like there was a child in a window. Okay. Um, now, it wasn't just me that saw it. Right. My instinct was, whoa, that is no child. <laughs> that did not feel like a child. Did research. A serial killer had lived there. Mm. Now, the energy or the evil was still in the house. Yeah. How's it going to lure people into the house? Help me! Exactly. I'm stuck in this old house. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, and it's kind of like, boom. Mm-hmm. Okay, so how they appear to try and lure you in, as far as attachment, uh, summoning them, whether it is, uh, no matter what faith it is, there are multiple ways to do it, and 
And the problem is you're taking something from another dimension that's powerful. Mm-hmm. Potentially, if you believe in their nature, has may, maybe been around for thousands upon thousands upon thousands of years. Mm-hmm. And you're going to read from a book or perform a ceremony and control it. Yeah. This interdimensional powerful being that's been almost immortal. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like, uh, no, don't do that. And they do have the ability to trick us. Oh, absolutely. And yeah. you, you open doors, there is a problem. There's, um, if you look at one form of, um, one form of demon is gin. I started watching that. Gin. And gin have been around for just about ever. There is a way that you can either. And eventually, the latest stories, Jin became genie, lamp, etc. Oh, to make it okay. a little more f- uh, friendly to kids. But um, <coughs> there are rituals out there yeah. where you can attach a Jin to an object. Like you take a power object and then you use some of its power. Mm. Or to yourself. The problem is, oh, they're a good Jin and they're a bad Jin. The simple fact is all gin are known as tricksters and they're going to appear good so you can't tell which is good or bad. Right. Are they serious? There are parts of this world in the Middle East where they take it so seriously that if they think by your behavior or what you do that you are possessed by a gin, they literally put you outside the building, chain you up outside and leave you there to die because you are evil. Oh, hmm. wow. They take it serious. And then people are going on the internet and saying, oh, I'm going to get this stone or this ring here and I'm going to go through this ritual so that I can control one. Really? Mm. <laughs> the American way of thinking. The, the American way <laughs> yeah. of thinking. Arrogance. Yeah. And act, act, Arrogance is it, yeah. yeah. Actually, the uh, old way of doing it among the people, where, uh, the stories that are general around prior to Islam, yeah. from that region, they're the equivalent of demons, is mm. um, a 40 45-day process Whoa. that's rather complex. Want Not, to cast one out? Uh, no, if you want to capture one, even. Why would you want to capture a demon? But to to <laughs> get some of its power. You don't want that power, though. People are crazy, though. Yeah. People are crazy. Yeah. The thing is, people will go out and they will do something on the internet and they get this, oh, here's a five-minute spell well, whether it's a demon, a jinn, no matter what background, is over there, over there going, rubbing its hands together saying, say it, I'm waiting for you, say it, call me, I got another one. Yeah, it's like Candyman. Yeah, I'm ready to jump right in. Yeah. But can they, You, if portals are open, certain events happen, could they come through on their own? Yes. Are they real, those dark negative things, no matter negative entities, call them demons or anything else, uh, interdimensional? Yeah, uh, and it would not do good for them. I give them enough credit, and having read enough stories about it worldwide, I give them enough credit that they don't present themselves mm-hmm. as the most terrifying thing in the world. <clears throat> because then, why would you want to summon it mm-hmm. unless they give, unless they offer you something you want yeah. to present themselves as harmless? Right. Mm-hmm. The perfect, perfect play, perfect trick there. Mm-hmm. That's what they are. Tricksters to get you. Well, what's that saying about the devil? That the the greatest thing he ever did was making everybody believe that he doesn't exist. Yeah, type deal. Yeah, yeah. 
Yeah. I think that, you know, the trickery with the, you know, American culture, they can get everything's all cute and they can be friendly with everything. Yeah. That's the Dutch trickery, you know what I mean? To, to, for them to dive in. So a lot of people get in and they get in over their head and they, they don't know why they're depressed and angry now. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? But it's yes. these, these energies that they allow in their life. Yeah, and it, it wrecks them. Oh, yeah. It, it, it ruins their life. It can wreck their mind, everything. I believe it. Sickness. Mm-hmm. wide variety of things but they can yes getting back to the original question mm-hmm. yes they can present as something else and they are around us doing that and if you if you take and it's multiple culture, cultures um, if you take I know Jin I know uh, the watches which were fallen, fallen angels from, from the Old Testament and there were several others that all the stories say they can walk the earth in the appearance of people. Mm. So they walk among us. Yeah. And we're going to mess with them. They can do that. And yeah. they have all these other attendant powers. Yeah. And we're going to say, oh, I'm going to control you. Yeah. No, 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 no. Just stay away from me. Exactly. <laughs> if you believe that, you're going to try that. Stay away from me. Yeah. Right. Yeah. How? I mean, that's just frightening how full of yourself. Can you be to think? But they feed off e- ego. They feed they th- off. That yes, they need. do feed off mm. ego. Yes, yes. It's true. Damn it! Were we talking about the ghost of the living? Was that the last one we did? I know we 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 par weighed into demons for a second. Um, I don't think we did ghost of the no, living. I don't think so. Yeah, the the next. The next ghost would be the ghost of the living, which are like the, the doppelgangers, like you were saying before, um, where it's, you know, you see two people in the same room or whatever, or you see somebody here, and then you go somewhere else and you see them type deal. This one's a little more weird. This one's a little weirder, I think, than the time slips, because the time slips even tie in, but I don't even... the. The only way that I guess you could would be the doppelganger thing, you know what I mean? Which is less of a ghost, but what's your opinion on that? I wouldn't say it's a ghost. Yeah. Uh, okay, two things. One is my location mm-hmm. in two places at once, projecting your energy to another area. Yeah. Or another place where people can see you. Mm-hmm. So you appear to be in two places at once. The other would be the doppelganger is actually evil, in the sense that when you see it, it always means something bad's coming, possibly a death. Okay. That is more supernatural and ghost-like. The bilocation is, is a simple thing that people work on and practice mm-hmm. into, into mysticism and, and different things. So people work on bilocation, but uh, actually seeing your double, um, yeah, that is the supernatural, that is the ghost-like, that is the uh, something bad coming down the, down the pipe, something you, real bad. You think it'd be almost a possession thing where an, a negative energy you would try and take over like your existence? Um, not knowing a lot, or pay, mm-hmm. not knowing a lot because they don't pay much attention to that concept. Yeah. Um, I think that okay I think there is a negative you Mm -hmm. and I think that if it gains enough strength it can literally split from you 
and will hmm. always be at odds with you. Hmm. Yeah. Hmm. And that negative you takes a life of its own, uh, whether it remains as an energy around you or takes a physical form or physical presentation. I believe you can, in a sense, split mm. and have that negative aspect of you. You can give it, if you let it run rampant, you give it its own life so that even if, let's say, when you do pass, you do die, mm -hmm. that negative energy may continue on. Mm. Now do you think it's broken from yourself? Yeah. Going on. Now if you take the time slip thing, mm -hmm. you could, if you believe in reincarnation or time slip, at some point meet your or the time slip maybe it breaks off comes back or reincarnation meet your negative part and at that point there I would say it's either reintegrate or die huh. so do you think you can take a physical form where there would be like another ray you know what I mean like a, that you could touch or do you think it's more of a personality like like let's say you know next week you're a different person you know what I mean same body but an evil ray you know what I mean I would, I would say another body yeah it could it could physically manifest yes okay it could physically the evil part could physically manifest it fits several legends and several stories from different parts of the world about how people affect and interact with others at a distance and they They are negative. They mm -hmm. are mean. They are nasty. They literally create a second self, an evil self. Yeah. Uh, there are those stories. Because <laughs> I could picture like a, almost like a possession away in the mind where it's something you see. Maybe other people don't see it, but you see it type deal. Maybe it was in the dark half, George A. Romero movie about a writer who creates an alter personality so he can write... He's, he's a writer, and he writes these regular books, but in this alternate personality, he writes all this, like, evil-type stuff. But the evil-type stuff sells, right. so then it becomes one of those big thing fight of which, you know, which one's going to survive, the good side or the bad side. I think that goes on inside a lot of people mm -hmm. in their life. If you're taking it to the extreme, mm -hmm. where that energy rises to such a point, it can be that uh, something the person does with their life to such a point that the energy itself starts to take its own life, its own form, form yeah. outside of the person. Hmm. It becomes their dark half and can grow in that way because it still has that it has that attachment even though it is separate from and mm -hmm. could potentially grow strong enough to take a physical form. How do you two feel about cloning? This is a side thing, but how do you? Because the cloning pops in my head when I hear about these different things. Where like you got, you could have if there was a clone of the, of the person, you could have, you could still have that 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 good and evil. What do you think? Um, not crazy about the idea. Yeah. Clo cloning can would potentially have be able to produce a physical copy, mm -hmm. but all of the emotions and the life that goes into making up the person would be completely different. So you're just cloning a bunch of bodies, and then you got to raise them right. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Truth. 
Truth. Unless yeah. you want to tur- turn him into something out of a sci-fi film. Well, I think that's what they want to do. Yeah. We did a perfect soldier or something. I think that's what they're yeah. aiming for. Yeah, that's yeah, what I, you know, I, that I or to like take somebody out and put somebody else that they that shares the opinion of the third party instead yeah. of the actual host. Yeah, I don't. I don't agree with it at all. I just think it's too much somebody trying to play, play God. God. Yeah. And I think when you start doing that, when you start messing with DNA and you mm-hmm. start tr- just mutating things that shouldn't be mutated you're just you're looking for mm-hmm. a problem and I just don't I I don't agree with it at all I think it's just something bad and I think it's going to blow up in their faces you know like when they talk about things like Bigfoot and stuff it's more easy to believe that, that those were like experiments gone Mutations wrong yeah, that went, yeah. instead of an actual thing that's lived forever in the woods you know what I mean something that didn't get killed you know they Escaped, type yeah, thing. Escape, that, escape the lab. Yeah. Yeah, because mm-hmm. yeah, there's a whole lot of weird stuff going on. Oh, yeah. Our next ghost is haunted inanimate objects. Such as, you know, if you have, like, maybe a jewelry box or something mm-hmm. that was handed down or something like that. I know that I personally have a, a story of a friend of mine that had a doll that he thought was uh, haunted because it would all it was in a rocking chair and then like every now and then it would be in different places and he's got a fun story about how he was home alone and he heard a bang it was a raggedy end doll which makes it creepier <laughs> and um, he he heard a big bang it's always in the chair he heard a big bang and he went upstairs and it wasn't on the chair it was like on the ground like it was trying to get away type deal and he was all shook up and waited outside for his parents to come home and stuff. But, um, yeah, I mean, that makes a lot of sense for, for for something that somebody cared so much about in life, put their love in and stuff like that, to kind of carry on with the energy. What do you, What's your thoughts on that? Do you think that it's an energy thing of loving something, or do you think people could work their way into an object? Or hmm. what do you think on that? I think definitely their energy can mm-hmm. be... You know, I mean, it can absorb the person's energy, and um, I mean, when it does that, along with that comes a lot of different things. Mm-hmm. You know, with the energies come emotion. So I don't know if it would be the actual spirit, or if it would be more of that, like that residual energy that we talk about that just kind of hangs on to something. Mm-hmm. But there is definitely. Um, definitely you get objects that have things attached to it that can can cause some havoc for less, you mm-hmm. know, for lack of a better word in your life, absolutely. Whether it be a rocking chair, a book, mm-hmm. jewelry, uh, lots of things I hear with jewelry. I tend to not go to people, go, oh, go to pawn shops, they're great. Because the people put so much, they invest so much emotion into these things. You know? mm-hmm. It's like, oh, a ring, it's it's fairly family heirloom, I love this so much. And, and then, then like, you know. Oh, yeah. hey, wait, I, I got to get rid of this. And I think there's a, yeah, there's just, um, my opinion is, yeah, I just, I'm very, very careful with um, buying anything that's, from pawn shops or mm-hmm. old or you know, like the thrift shops. stores. Thr- I'm all about the thrift stores. Uh, you know, <laughs> and, you know and I go back to if I do, yeah. if I do Just find make sure stuff what it I is like, is. 
I go back to my, my cleansing. I will sage everything before it comes into my house. If now you, <laughs> you burn sage, right? Yeah, yeah, I do. Where'd that come from, the whole burning of sage element? How, like, how far back does that go, do you know? Is it a Native American thing? It's Native American, but mm-hmm. other cultures have similar things. Even Christianity uses, and uh, many religions use incense as yeah, a yeah. similar type of purpose. Like oils too. As far as yeah. uh, as far as cleansing uh, goes, so that's a multicultural thing. As far as burning something to cleanse, and different things have different properties. You would burn them for different reasons. Sage is to cleanse. Okay. I've got a question. What about attachments to objects? Something mm. attaches to it. Mm. That yeah. About, see that as a possibility. Oh yeah, yeah. Because you think that'd be because let's say somebody says, "Well, I love this jewelry box." And then you have a, a spirit or a, an energy roaming that wants to be loved that would go into that object to try and get that love. You think, or well, it could be it could be accidental. If you talk about, let's say, somebody does, um, somebody survives a trauma, or mm-hmm. somebody um, to do something popular nowadays, you take uh, somebody where's their favorite jewelry goes hunting. Okay. Oh. And then they, they, they turn around and uh, they pawn it or they give it to somebody. Mm-hmm. Who knows what attached to that? True. And it would probably have a bit bitter failing because it was with a host and now the host is giving it up, which so is an abandonment feeling for there's it. There's a possibility there. There's also where situations where people will put a spirit into something. Mm-hmm. Uh, one one tradition intentionally intentionally okay. one, one tradition is is the box where you lock lock the book box the be- I forget how to pronounce it but you put it in there to lock it and to seal it in there hmm. well if somewhere down the line you don't know what's in there you don't yeah. this thing someone just did it and never told anybody you now have an object that has a spirit attached or hmm. uh, there are possible ways for attachment or possession of an object. There's, like you were saying, imprints mm-hmm. of the energy that's there. Or even where the uh, where the object comes from. Um, I personally <clears throat> would not have wanted to, after World War II, um, gotten anything that had come out of a concentration camp. Oh, yeah. Oh, Absolutely gosh, yeah. not. Yeah. Oh. I mean, and you take a lot of other things that go around... Um, yeah, there's a trauma situations, high energy situations, people purposely doing things, things that people used to use in rituals. There's a lot of possibilities that objects can become very powerful and mm-hmm. can take a life of their own, so so to speak. Yeah. Yes, yeah, very true. When people talk, you think things can pa- be passed on just through conversation? Or does it have to be gift, like a gifted thing? Like, if I was to gift you this box that was haunted, you know, then you're going to have a problem. But if we were just talking about it, you think that would bring... That's just the giving it, just talking about it, you think that's enough for it to pass pass on to somebody pass else? Pass on haunting on? Yeah. Through conversation. I would say it would depend upon the mental state of the two people involved, the mm-hmm. intention of the conversation. Yeah. And the energies present. Hmm. They could potentially come together in a way that something is passed. Not likely without an actual curse going on. Hmm. 
Yeah, I tend to agree with that. I think there would have to be some real intent there, some real, yeah, not just conversation, but some real intent. Like you said, a curse, that something had, I think, would have to be. Yeah. Yeah, I think the inanimate object thing is probably one of the most popular ones. Mm-hmm. You know, I think, ex- with the exception of somebody dying in your house, that'll bring it. But I think the next best thing is to use these objects that people get and bring into their house. And I heard a story this weekend about a girl that got a jewelry box at like a thrift stop, thrift store, and um, she brought it home. And she started having these weird, you know, weird things would happen in her house. So she contacted a friend and was like, you know, I know you're into this type of stuff. Do you want the box? And he was like, yeah. So he took the box. And then it was in his house. And, you know, he said he seen started to see shadow figures and stuff like that, the shadow people. And a name kept popping in his head. Um, I don't, we don't do names here anymore. <laughs> and then... And then, like, he contacted the girl, and the girl was like, you know, he's like, I've been getting this name in my head. And she was like, well, I kept getting this this letter. And the letter was the first, you know, first letter of his name. So, like, there's that tie-in. And he, he, he said he's seen this whole thing where, like, the jewelry box belonged to his wife, the guy's wife. And then the wife and the kid died. And then he got rid of the box uh, because it was just too much grief over it, you know what I mean? Um, but they think that that's why the box was haunted. You know what I mean? And yeah, that makes sense. You know, I think that fits in with the inanimate objects of it because it's just that energy put in it. We put in, we put a lot of energy of our energy into our possessions, you know, because possessions are huge and, you know, they're, they, they mean a lot more to people than they should type deal. You know what I mean? And people worship possessions, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Which is yes. never a good thing. So you when you're putting that power into it, you know, it's easy to get it back. And then you're passing it off to somebody else. And if, you know, you care about that person or they care about you, they're going to care about that object now because you gave it to them. So now they're giving that object power. And I, it goes to, it's an attention thing, I think, a lot with, with these spirits because, you know, the ones that are lost, they're lost. And they're, they're probably like lonely and type deal. So when they see a situation where, you know, oh, this person will give us attention, or this person will give us love. I think that's what brings them closer to them. Yeah. And it's almost like a jealous lover in a way that once you start to give it that love, it wants more love and more love, and don't dare try to give it away to somebody because now it's going to be trouble. You know what I mean? Like those type deals. You know. I like that theory. Yeah. Yeah. We try to have good theories sometimes. Good theory. <laughs> But I, yeah, I think that's big. I think the the inam, inan, ugh, inanimate object thing is uh, one of the probably I'll wear a lot of the haunt. If it's not happening right there, the next best thing to bring ghosts into your house is that way. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It's almost like the demon thing too. Would you think there's a lot of curse people? You think people when you say people put a curse on something and hand it out? You think that you think there's a lot of that going around? Personal opinion or? What do you think? Maybe more so back in the day. People still throw curse, try and throw curses on people though nowadays. I think it's more popular than people think. Yeah. Yeah. I think that, I, I, yeah, because there's a lot of people out there, I think like Ray had touched on earlier, that Mm -hmm. just, 
you know, mess with things that they don't understand. I think we have a lot of anger issues today. Mm-hmm. Agreed. Uh, unfortunately, with anger goes resentment and vengeance. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think you've probably got a lot of people out there that are, if they haven't been trained in it, unfortunately, you can go online or pick up a book anywhere that will help you do all sorts of things. So Mm -hmm. these people are mad because somebody stole their girlfriend or their boyfriend or they didn't get the job they wanted, and they can't let go of that anger, and they might think it's not as bad as what actually happens. You know, Mm -hmm. I I think that they they don't understand how how bad that can actually be and affect well, the, people. the power of their speech. <clears throat> but you know yes, I mean? words words carry power. Oh, yeah. Words carry a lot of power, and yeah, they don't. The, mm-hmm. When they get angry at somebody and they say, I want them dead, they, I wish they died, you know, stuff like that. It's huge. People don't understand that because, you know, you're putting it in there, and while doing that, the person saying it's making, like, an agreement with, like, an evil power of, like, well, like a wish thing, go back to the gin thing almost, where it's like, well, yeah, I can grant you this wish, but then you owe me, you know? It's one of those collateral things, you know? Mm-hmm. Scary. Well, the last one they have, this might be our longest episode ever. <laughs> <laughs> Which is good. Um, uh, the ghost of animals made its way into it. And I know we talked about the dog uh, the mm-hmm. first time you were with us. Yeah. <laughs> But yeah, I believe in it. You know, uh, not all dogs go to heaven, like like the cartoon goes. But dogs stick around probably to help to to stay with their their owners and stuff. It'd be the same thing as like a lot of people think of dogs as like kids and stuff now, and they put the love into them like they're kids. So it only makes sense that you know when they pass on that they that stick around to kind of look out. You know, they feel as small the dogs can be, they still feel like they're the protector of you. You know what I mm-hmm. mean? So, uh, which is an interesting element to add to it with animals, because you know, animals aren't human, obviously. You know what I mean? But I believe that they animals would stick around. Thoughts? I think they do. I also think that animals and people as well, but mm-hmm. um, have the ability to go back and forth. Before passing? Uh, no, after they oh, pass. After I, I do believe that they can come back and check on you, visit with you, and not necessarily just be trapped with mm-hmm. you. Um, I know I, I saw um, my dog, Sadie, and she was sitting on my bed. It was funny because I had a count because I have my three dogs, and, yeah. you know. And I woke up and I saw one sitting there, which I thought was Bernie, but then I did the head count, one, two, three four. I'm like, oh, hey, Sadie. You know, but it was Mm -hmm. like, she was, but it was like I knew, but it was funny. And I mean, she wasn't with me all the time. She just happened to pop in, I think, just to kind of check in, let us know that she's okay, whatever. And then, but I do believe that they do go back and forth without, you know, being stuck. Yeah. Well, if you consider love a form of energy and you have a loving mm-hmm. relationship with the dog, mm-hmm. then energetically um, you have a connection. And that dog or cat, whatever the pet may be, can manifest or stay connected, uh, can contact. Mm-hmm. 
Um, there are many cultures where uh, the animals are treasured as much as people. We right. don't. We don't in this country. Mm-hmm. We just dispose of them too easy in puppy mills and everything else where mm. we don't take care. But they are because they are living things. Mm-hmm. They are part of our lives. If you have, I have a cat. My cat is part of my family. I had right. cats before when I was young. Dog. It's kind of yeah. It's not just an object that's disposable. I've lost pets. And after years of interacting and taking care of it, and et cetera, the, the pet, yeah, that loss is hard. Mm-hmm. But can they come back? Can they show themselves to us? Yes. There's no reason why they shouldn't be able to, and I believe they can. And personal experience says yes. Mm-hmm. In closing, I'll offer up a question of all living things, do you think they, they can come back? In a degree of trees, plants are living things. Do you, when when they when they die, you can even go and say fish and stuff too. But the question is more so on plants because they are a living thing. Do you think that there's a spiritual element there? Hmm. <laughs> that is a very good question. Um... Do plants contain energy? Yeah. Well, these are insulin, huh? They're living, mm-hmm. and they contain energy. Mm-hmm. As Einstein said, energy can only transform. It cannot be lost. Mm-hmm. So if a tree dies, the energy goes back to the universe. Can the, can the tree come back? Well, if you believe in reincarnation, particularly if you go to the Far East, you can come back in a variety of different forms. Your lowest levels mm-hmm. have to do uh, with certain degrees of awareness, and supposedly you go higher up until you, you're a person. You're not always coming back as a person. Okay. So in theory, you could come back as a tree. You could come back as a plant. Mm-hmm. If your energy we becomes intertwined with it. Or we take a giant oak tree, oak tree, and it comes back. That energy may feed something else. I find what's it's an interesting question. I'd have to think about it a lot more. Uh, the energy transfer and how sentient it is, because we know that they are more so than we attribute. We know that uh, through Kirlian photography, they have found out that they respond. The currencies uh, to fire near them. Mm-hmm. Uh, scientists recently found out that in a forest, there's an actual communication, electronic communication that goes between the roots, tree to tree. Wow! They found a whole variety of variety of different things there. So it'd be rather interesting to see whether or not they could come back. When you're talking about maybe how much, if they if they do have a degree of consciousness. Mm-hmm. Even more than just on a functional level, such as they can confirm um, the transfer of messages energetically between trees, could they come back? And you take it to the next step is if if you believe there was one power that created everything, the essence of that power is in everything, and that's going to include trees. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And everything returns to the one creator. 
but that means all of the energy of the universe, not just ours, returns. Mm -hmm. So that'd be an interesting one to think about. It'll be its own episode, so. I'm not going to necessarily go out and ask a tree, but. um, He might not answer you. Yeah. They, they look at us and say, oh, you stupid human beings running around like this. Come on, just plant yourself, enjoy the sun, drink the rain, mm-hmm. and grow. Well, you create all these problems for yourself. Right, it goes back to the animal thing. You know? who, yeah. who says that we're any smarter than that? <laughs> yeah. and with, like, your your flowers, perennial, is that the right term? Like, mm-hmm. some of them, yeah. well, they, they have their life and they die. But some of them die and come back the next year. Perennial, perennials keep coming back. Yeah. Even though I never understood the name annuals. To me, it makes you think they come in annually. Yes. Not. Yeah. And that's backwards. But if, if you talk about enlightenment, mm-hmm. it's simply, in some countries, that means being. Mm. And you simply are an example of being, simple being, without all the emotional and attachments and stuff. That tree would be a good example of that. Mm-hmm. Right. It would be. Yeah, mm-hmm. it would. Well, there's a lot to play with it with that. With yeah. that a lot of, a lot of different ways ways to go. That's an interesting one. Yeah. And then you can take like a, like a, a carrot. Does it when it's plucked from the vine? Does that mean that it dies, or it stays alive for a little bit? And while it's still alive, if you would eat that carrot, would it feel the pain of being eaten? Or chopped up and boiled. Or chopped up and boiled. Oh, we do that with lobsters. We throw well, them alive. That was what I was going for. With <laughs> you have vegetarians that won't eat meat because animals get killed and you eat them. But vegetables sounds like they die when you eat them, which is a terrible death. So there lies the questions. Uh, you're starting to go into <laughs> some areas where you're starting to talk about the definition of a sentient being. What is sentience? Um, and you're going even before that. What is death? And, what is and the not, plants not, were around before we were. You know, what what is death and yeah. how, what does that extend to as far yeah. as life forms? Mm-hmm. Uh, that's some heavy stuff. Yeah. It? We like it heavy here. That's how we do it. <laughs>